This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Youth Baseball Talk. Only on lineupmedia.fm. Now your host, Jim Cromer. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Youth Baseball Talk. I'm your host, Jim Cromer, and Youth Baseball Talk is brought to you each and every week by The Rope Trainer. As John Smoltz says, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers, so make sure you check out The Rope Trainer today. The fantastic device developed by our friends Earl Perrin, Chris Vernon, of course, with the input of John Smoltz. They're trying to help us with this arm epidemic out there. They're taking it to a whole nother level. They've provided you now with not only uh, uh, word of mouth and, and just sight and seeing, tried and true, type information. Now they've provided you with the scientific analytic data to show you that you should be using the rope trainer, whether it be for training, recovery, getting loose, all the things that you need to do to protect that young arm. Check them out today, theropetrainer.com. You'll hear a little bit later from our friend and yours, Kurt McNabb, with his uh, wonderful rope report that he brings you each and every week. Compliments of his group, Dirtbag Baseball Nation, and of course the wonderful people at the Rope Report. Can't uh, can't wait to hear from him. And then, and you know, as usual, we'll hear from Justin Stone with Elite Baseball and his EliteBaseball.tv training tip of the week. And our good friend Rick Strickland with his Ask Rick segment, brought to you by the good people at St. Louis Pirates Baseball and, of course, Blast Motion, the wonderful uh, tool that he uses to help all the great young hitters over there with that organization. Excited about this week's show. Um, I, uh, I had teased a little bit, a wonderful book that, I, that is coming out that I'm happy to say that I was privileged to be sent early and, and asked my thoughts. And I got to tell you, um, some people have heard me interview. I had Paul Reddick on before with Paul Reddick Baseball. You guys have heard the, that interview. And I got to tell you, I was privileged when he asked me to do this. If there's ever been a guy that embodies what we're trying to do with this show uh, more than Paul Reddick, please introduce me to him because we'd love to be affiliated with them as well. What we want are good people involved within this show that not only are great at what they do, and again, all these guys, Justin Stone, Rick, uh, Kurt McNabb, the gang over there, or Oak Trainer, now, of course, Paul Reddick. Listen, they're all in this to train kids and help them become the best baseball players they can be. But the guys that we affiliate ourselves with, they are also built on the foundation of helping young children become good men, good ladies, um, you know, people that understand they do the life lessons through sports. Again, some of these problems that we're dealing with are not dedicated strictly to baseball. We have an issue with some sports all across the country. We are part of the problem, folks. Make no mistake about it. We as parents, we as coaches, as teachers, we make mistakes every day. We need to strive to be better. And if we care that much about the game itself and we pride ourselves on being good at what we do, we need to continue to get better. That's what the show is about, and that's why I'm so proud to have guys like uh, like like Paul Reddick, join us on a weekly basis, some of these great influencers that come on our show, and share their own experiences and some of the things that they found in ways to try and help us. That's why I love doing the show. I love to feel like I'm getting a little bit smarter. I'm, I'm pretty deep in this journey with my kids. I, you know, again, you hear me say it. I got one son now in college that I'm, I'm still hoping that you know he's learning every day. And of course, I got my, my younger son who's a sophomore in high school who's knee deep in this. And you talk about some pitfalls that he could fall in. So again, I count on these guys to help me get through this thing as uh, flawless as it can be. It's never going to be perfect, folks. But, God, you got to pay attention to what you're doing. And, again, try to do the best you can for your kids. Uh, make sure you check us out at youthbaseballtalk.com. That's our uh, website. It's where you can subscribe to the show. You can also listen to the show there. Uh, we appreciate everybody's uh, input on social media. 
Uh, we love the feedback we get there. You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast Baseball. Uh, like our Twitter page, share our stuff around. We'll share the show through there and jump in some conversations. Please feel free to feel like you're part of the solution. Um, you know, we, we all feel like we're part of the problem sometimes, but let's be part of the solution. Help us by getting the word out, and especially when you see the show, just share it in an effort to reach all the great baseball people out there. Same thing with Facebook. Youth Baseball Talk, simply type it in the search bar on Facebook. Like our Facebook page. Uh, I know there's an algorithm that we post stuff, and you may not see it, but when you do see it, if you would like it and if you would share it to your own personal page, it would help us reach so many people and make it more relevant. So that's our ask of you. Find our Facebook page, like Youth Baseball Talks page, and when you see the post, please share it. And if you're really into the show, if you would just go to our page once a week and share the pinned post, that's our episode. That would really, really help us reach some people. That's really my only ask of you guys. Please do that for me. It would mean a lot to me. We're now on Instagram. You can just simply find us at Youth Baseball Talk. Join us on Instagram as well. We'd like to communicate with people through that uh, arena as well. And again, lineupmedia.fm couldn't do the show without them. Fastest growing podcast company on the planet. Happy to be a part of their team and what they got going. They take your entertainment time very seriously. Give them a look. I promise you, you'll find another show that's worth your entertainment time. Okay. Um, again, told you guys who I was going to have on today. I'm excited about it. Um, it. Again, reading is knowledge. I've admitted a thousand times over, I'm not a big reader. Okay, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm all over the place. It's hard for me to sit down and read. But I got to tell you, there's no doubt that social media has enabled me to get a little smarter. Now, I'm, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I'm not a rocket scientist. But the quick hit stuff is good for me because that's how I'm built. But what I love, love, love is for the readers out there, when they can really read and get in-depth in something, we need those people in the world that do a great job of explaining. Well, sometimes a book comes along. And it's not like reading a normal book, and that's exactly what I felt like Five Six Seven Baseball Dad. The guy does a phenomenal job. Paul Reddick is an amazing guy doing some amazing things with all the youth in baseball around. And his wonderful book, Five Six Seven, really hit home with me. And I got to tell you, it was a great read for me personally. Again, some people can just sit and read and read and read a book. This book, the way it was constructed, was a great read for me. It could be a good read for everybody. Kids could read it. Adults can read it. Coaches can read it. Trainers can read it. People involved in the game of baseball should read this book. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to challenge you, this isn't just a baseball thing. Read this book, change the words. It doesn't have to be, wherever you see a reference to baseball, change it to your sport and it will apply. Great stuff for sure. Well, let's welcome in Paul Reddick from Paul Reddick Baseball. How you doing, Paul? I'm doing great, Jim. Doing great. Hey, uh, real excited about having you on today. I know, uh, as you're aware, we kind of teased the book a little bit on our last show. I had a... Uh, had a good friend of mine that I've uh, been involved with both as a f just a friend when we were younger. We both are parents, have kids involved in sports. He has a lot of opinions about sports in general, not just baseball. And much like me, uh, at times, we both are guilty of being a little over the top and have found ourselves in bad situations as parents and as coaches and things like that. And we, we, we have an opinion of like how we think it should be better and we know the things we do are wrong, and I say oftentimes on the show that I don't know that a lot of people do it on purpose or even know they're doing it. I think we think we're helping sometimes, and then, you know, it, sometimes yeah. after the fact we realize we don't. But, you know, I really wanted to have him on as we kind of teased your book because he's a reader, okay? Like if you give him a book, man, he reads it. And, you know, you had kind of sent this thing out and uh, asking for some thoughts and opinions. And let me tell you that I'm humbled that you would have sent me one prior just to get my thoughts. But um, let me tell you, it, it, it was really 
um, you know, affecting is the word I want to use. Not that's probably totally improper, probably, but it affected me because it made me think about those yeah. things. And you know, before I, before we touch on it, I I, I want to say this. I, I this is powerful to me. Um, this is a conversation. I, I'm going to read this first, and then I want your thoughts on it. And this is how you started it with me. About a year ago, I had a conversation with a baseball dad who opened the phone call by saying, I think baseball cost me my relationship with my son. Um, that's powerful, man. I got chills right now because yeah. I can only think back to my own personal experiences and the experiences that I've seen. So it makes me sad. It also makes me feel lucky that I didn't make mistakes so large that it cost me my relationship with my son. But, man makes me nervous. So, you know, I know our listeners are very yeah. intrigued right now after that statement. So tell them a little bit about that opening statement and then kind of where you went from there. Yeah. So, um, August 2nd, 2016, um, we have a process called the five, six, seven, which I think we did on your last podcast. So maybe they could scroll back and go through that. And I decided just to start taking calls from my subscribers, social media followers, podcast listeners, and, uh, so we started taking calls. The first call was from a guy named Brian who opened the call. I think baseball cost him a relationship with my son and his son had just come to him to, uh, tell him that he was not going to play baseball in college. He was set to play baseball and go away to college. And he wasn't, he wasn't into it. Wasn't passionate about it. But the fire went out long ago. He was just staying on, you know, like, like sons do to please their father. And the, the conversation was significant because it was the first time they had spoken in weeks. And, you know, that, that's enough for any father to, to, to hurt his soul that your son wouldn't want to speak to you. You weren't speaking with your son. And so over time, this guy told me he made three mistakes. Number one, he said he pushed his kid too hard. He said he could have achieved 100% of what they did with probably 70% of the effort. Uh, and the rest of that time, they could have been, you know, watching Netflix or doing, you know, going bowling or, you know, what, you know, doing whatever. Um, the second thing he said, he put his son in the wrong programs, that there were people that took advantage of his son's ability and used that to put him on teams to build their programs. And he said, people built their business on my kid's arm. Um, number three, he said he trusted the wrong coaches. They had coaches who ran his son out the pitch when he clearly knew his son shouldn't pitch and they did it so they could win a bunch of plastic trophies. Now, those are three big things right then. And right. You know, those are three big obvious things. Right. Um, but that is not, those are three things that went wrong. That is not the mistake. The mistake is that they failed to communicate. And if there's dads are listening to this, please listen. If you, if you don't listen to another word, I say, please understand this. <clears throat> and I want to tell you a story that's going to illustrate that in a second. Our kids today are playing a different game than we played. The little league my father played is very similar to the little league that I played. I'm 44 years old. Um, the, 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 situ the, the environment that our kids are playing in right now, we don't understand the pressure. We don't understand the intensity. We don't understand the time commitment. We don't understand the investment. On the kids' part, on our part, as parents, we don't get it. Everybody's winging it because everything's changing. So not only do we not understand their game. I had a father on one of these calls. I've done hundreds of these calls. Um, say to me, I never played in a championship game in my life. I played Little League. I played some Babe Ruth. And there was one championship game, and I never went to it. And now it seems my son's playing in them all the time, and I don't know what to tell him. I don't understand it. I don't, you know, I have no advice for him or a way to counsel him through this. They're playing in a different environment. Number two, 
we are using an outdated communication system to try and reach our sons. We went outside, we played, we interacted, we talked. Kids now text, snap, and tweet. So not only are they in a different environment, the way they communicate is different. And as fathers, we have to be able in this world that is changing, we have to be able to communicate with our sons. We know about social media. We may get it a little bit. But if you're 35 or over, you don't understand it like a 16-year-old understands it or even a 12-year-old understands it at this point. So, um, I, I, you know, I, I, I want to, uh, whatever questions you have, Jim, I'd love to go down, but I definitely have a story that really illustrates that. Um, Please share. I mean, like. really. I, yeah, only okay. because, you know, I, when I hear you <clears throat> say this stuff, you know, it's like, you know, you, you mentioned the three things right off the bat, boom. And like you said, those were the things, but the mistake is the communication. Those three things that he mentioned, those are going on every day somewhere. I promise you this. Yep. I and and don't take this the wrong way if you're out there. It's going on in your organization. It's going on on your team. Yep. Probably now. Again, I know this is not. This, this isn't like it's happening to everybody. But I assure you, it's happening more than you think. And to bury your head in the sand with the oh everything's great and everything, it's not because we have real issues now. For my hope is is that you don't have these problems, okay? But they are very real, and we don't do ourselves any good by not acknowledging them because the common, and I don't know about you, Paul, but you tell me, and I'm sure with all your research and everything you've done to make this book a reality, the number one thing that I think is the biggest issue, number one thing I think is when people look at this because they don't want this to be their problem, they say, well, that's not how, that's not my son. Nope. Right. He loves me to push him. He loves <laughs> me to get on him. He loves these coaches running him out. He would take the ball every day. He would. That doesn't make it right. You know, that's how I look well, at it. Well, let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. First of all, they're wrong. Your son doesn't love baseball. Your son loves you. And because you can't, you can love baseball. Baseball never loves you back. My father told me that. And so your son really wants you. And, and it, when you get excited, he's going to want to do more of the things that get you excited. And what you pay attention to he's going to try and do because he wants your attention and your love more than anything. So I've had in the last year, I've had, um, I've had fathers come to me that found drugs in their kid's bag that would scare the daylight out of any father. Um, I've had psychologists come to me and say, uh, because of what we're doing with baseball dads say, um, we have parents who are coming in trying, telling us their son has an attention problem and they think he's ADD and they're not ADD. The kid's just tired because the kid played a quadruple header yesterday and got home at one o'clock in the morning and went to school the next day. Um, I've had fathers come to me and I'm totally open with this. Anybody can call me. My cell phone number is 201-323-0840. Jim, you've had it, you know, and so that, you know, that's the real one. I've had fathers come to me with real problems, real things. And it took me a couple of months to figure out that they didn't want to go to their psychologist because they didn't want to go to a psychologist. They didn't want to go to their priest because their wives are, you know, around the priest too. They didn't want their, they didn't go to their wives because they didn't even want their wives to know they had a problem. And that's because the communication system that you and I are taught in our age bracket was that we suffer in silence. If we put a hundred coaches in a room, um, the odds are there's five or 10 people going through something, right? Marriage, relationship, or the, God forbid, loss of parents or illness or something like that. And I go to every one of those hundred people and I ask them, how are you doing? What are they going to say? Fine. Yeah, fine. that's yeah. That's right. that. That is the common and, answer. Fine. Good. Fine. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Yep. And that's what we're teaching our sons to do. So let me tell you the story. My my, my pastor told me that there was a guy who um, was a single guy, 
and he had a fish tank. And as weird as it sounds, he had a relationship with these fish. They were like his pets, you know, and he decked out the tank with all the stuff, you know, the, the decorations and the, and the, um, what is it? The plants and all that kind of stuff. And, um, so one night after coming home, he feeds his fish and, and goes to bed. And what happened in the middle of the night is that the heater broke on his fish tank and slowly, slowly, slowly over the course of the night, the heat, um, boiled the fish to death. And he woke up in the morning and he said, he looked at his fish that were his prized possession. And he said, I wonder if they screamed. And that was what haunted him. And he could not hear the screams of the fish because he did not understand the environment of the fish. He did not understand the water. And I'm telling you that we are turning up the temperature on our young men each and every year. And we cannot hear their silent screams because we don't understand the environment that they're in. And I'll say this to the fathers that are listening too. I'm dealing more with fathers on father issues than I am fathers and son issues. It seems to be these days. There are fathers listening to this that are silently screaming and nobody can understand they understand the environment that they're in. And so the, the way we, the way that we have to do this is to open up dialogues, you know, lines of communication that can connect with our sons. Um, I, in all these hundreds of five, six, seven calls I've done over the last year, I've had a handful of people go to the five, six, seven with their son and their son quits baseball. Cause the kid goes, I was doing it for you. And the father goes, no, I was doing it for you. <laughs> you know, you mean we can go to the movies on Saturday? We don't have to drive four hours and play, uh, play four games, you know? And, 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 um, you know, but just, it, it starts with communication and how do we reach our son in an environment that we don't understand? the communication system that we're not familiar with and how do we get them when that temperature comes dialing up and the heat starts getting hotter are we teaching our kids a communication system that you don't speak out loud you suffer in silence and this is why we're in the situation that we're in and i'm more worried i i really this is like i really don't care how kids play baseball i really don't over the last year probably since the last time we talked I, I care how you play baseball, but I don't care like how you play baseball. You know, um, I'm much more interested in what matters most. And it's a question that I try and keep fathers focused on um, when they have confusion is what matters most. You know, is, is it what matters most that your kid bats third plays short and that he keeps up with the other eight and nine year olds? Um, or is it what matters most that, that you have a connection with your son that lasts and, and prepares him for a lifetime, you know, that's going to last much longer than his baseball career? Yeah, you, you know, I, the, the thing I liked most about it is I, it's hard truths, right? Like, I think we have to have yeah. those. And again, they don't do any good if you don't go into anything with an open mind, I guess, is, is the way I look at it. Yeah. And again, if you're that guy and you're listening to this and Again, I, I, I don't, I don't know everybody that listens to the show, obviously. But man, I, and I don't know everybody personally, even the people that I do know. But man, I, I gotta believe when you hear these types of conversations, and a guy like you, who's so well respected within the game, you're a major influencer within the country when it comes to baseball, especially at the youth level, whether it be training, um, you know, helping, doing whatever, right? So when you bring these things up, I, you know, I always, I'm a look in the mirror guy. So if you are the right off the bat are going, well, this doesn't really apply to me. It might, because if you're not checking yourself a little bit, 
just to make sure. And again, I hope your relationship with your son is great. I hope you have open communication or daughter. Now, now mind you, this is why I loved your book so much and I love where it's going. And I tweeted this out. This isn't just baseball. This isn't just a baseball problem. I want to reiterate that. So I'm not picking on baseball parents and families. This is a sports problem. This is an education problem. This is going on with grades. It's going on with society, society issues. It's going on with sports. The demands we put on our kids and our expectations for them to be great and perfect and better than us, and in, and in that pursuit of that, you know, is where I, I've said this a thousand times over. We as parents say, "Well, I want more for my kids." Well, when's more enough? Right. You know. Yeah. How tall? Do you, how tall do you want your kids to be? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, like, you want them to keep growing until they're ten feet tall. You know. You know? I, it, so for me, it's like you know, if right off the bat, when you start hearing people bring up things, if you're the first guy to go, well, that's not, <clears> that, I, that I don't, that's not me. I don't have that problem. You know what? You might. You don't even know it. Now, again, let I me might, tell you. The, go ahead. I'm sorry. Let me just, let me just hitchhike back on that point. So I would say fifty percent of the phone calls that I deal with with dads, and I'm and I'm. I just this is you know, I have some faith beliefs of why this is happening, so I just feel like this is where I'm called to be, and so I'm just being a good soldier through this and having a great time, um, and really feel like I'm contributing. But to the guys who think this is not going to happen to them, guess again, because here's the calls that the majority of the calls that I get are like this: their kid is 13, 14, and 15, or 16 depends, or 12 sometimes, and testosterone kicks in, and all of a sudden, mom is not the prettiest woman in the world. And all of a sudden, they don't want to spend all their time with dad. And all of a sudden, they don't want to go to the movies with dad. They want dad to drop them off two blocks from the movie so they're not seen getting dropped off. And I'll tell you, one of the worst feelings in the world is getting on the phone with a dad. Number one is a dad who's missed his moment. The, the sound in the dad's voice who's missed his moment is like, it, 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 it's the worst sound in the world. The second worst sound is a dad that feels like he can't, that his son it feels like he lost um, that connection with his son, he doesn't know how to get it back. And, you know, when my dad died, he died at 54. I was young when he died. I, I, you know, it was a time in my life where I really needed him. And I often describe it as it was like a cell phone call that got dropped. And I couldn't get it back. Right. And so to the people here that don't think that's going to happen to you, things are going to change in your kid's life. And when you are as much invested in this as you, as they are, they find that their only connection point is baseball or sports. And then all of a sudden that changes and all of a sudden they've lost the vehicle with which they connect. So I have, uh, you know, we all have the experience of like in high school or college, you have your buddies in high school and college and on graduation day, you swear you're going to be friends for the rest of your life and you're going to hang out and do that. And what happens two months later? You, know, you, you, you lose touch and a year later you're not talking to him and you have maybe one or two. And that's the same thing is that right now we have an environment that kind of forces father and son together a lot. So fathers will mistake that, um, that environment with a connection. And then that environment goes away. The kid now wants to be with his girlfriend. The kid wants to go to the mall or the kid wants to play. And all of a sudden the environment that they had, the connection is gone and the connection goes with it. So if you've lost connection, you can get it back. You can you can put it back on the highway. There there is there are ways to get the trip going again. It can be done. If you think it's a problem, it's a problem. If you suspect something, it's a problem. You can definitely put it in between the lines. It, it, it can be it can be done. If you think you have no problem, like I said, guess again. Guess you know, again. I'm really curious. Um, you know, the book's fairly new, obviously. 
But I, I, I can't imagine that you haven't gotten some feedback already. I'm curious if you would share some of the feedback. Um, yeah, I mean, um, you know, I share a lot of stuff that's personal to me in that. And a lot of it is stuff that I do with my family. Um, and, and by far, we are in no way, shape or form. Am I saying that we we've got it all figured out? I'm, I'm wrestling and trying the best I can. I'll say the biggest feedback that we've gotten is, is freedom to be yourselves. That you can be your, your family and who you are and who you uh, who you strive to be. And that a father can take control of of his family. and a mom can too. But look, look I'm just going to state the facts here. I've done some work with with a few spoken and stuff at churches. And here's a fact that comes from churches: when when a man brings his family to church, 93% of the time the family follows. When a woman, 17% of the time. When a child, 3% of the time. So where a man goes, the family flows. And so the the the, the ability of, of a man to take control back of his family is one of the biggest things. The, the section on doing the five, six, seven, finding out what's important, a lot of feedback there. Um, setting values is the biggest thing. Uh, I, I would say after five, six, seven is no, there was a, no family that I'd spoken to. They, it was the first time they thought about having a set of values for their family. And um, having a set of values is deciding one time how you're going to behave in your family. So I'll give you an example that probably will shock a lot of people. My boys do not play baseball. And in now they might later on, you know, but they're not going to go into this world of I live in a small town and I kind of see what it is and they're just not going into that. And, but here's the bigger reason. The biggest reason is I know that the travel baseball thing in the second grade starts practicing on Sunday mornings. And our first value is we honor God. Our second value is we spend time with the family and that's when we do it. We do it on Sunday morning. So that is not going to be a fit for our family. That is against our values. And if I throw out those two values, I may just well throw out all the rest of them too. I will lose all. Uh, now, there's going to be a time when my sons are 12 and 13. I'm going to start letting them make some of their own decisions about all those things. But before that time, uh, where the father goes, the family flows. And so that, so, so for me, that's, that's not an option. They can play rec and they can do whatever they want, but but th- those are our family values, and we're sticking to them. And I'm and I'm going to teach my son, um, my son that um, you know a, a value is saying what you're going to do, and to do what you say you're going to do when you say you're going to do it. So a lot of families have started to institute values, which I'm really really happy about. You know, really uh, uh, proud of from the book. Yeah, you know, there is so much good stuff in this book. I you have to be extremely proud of it, and I I can only imagine, you know, I I find that I'm not a reader. I'm just not. I mean, mm-hmm. you got to know who you are. Yeah. I I say this all the time. This book's not. It's not too big. Um, you know, I'm looking nope. at it now. It's uh, about 117 pages total. Um, you know, it it's it's a fantastic book, and it's interesting. And what I found was it it kind of it, it grabbed my attention, which if, if you, you know, for the people that know me, that's hard to do because I have an attention problem like a lot of people do. So, but, you know, I say this too, when it's something you love or something you're really into or something that matters to you, you tend to have the ability to focus a little bit more. So for me, it was an easy read. Um, I found it extremely helpful. I've, I found myself referring back to some things I, I, I read when I've been having conversations with my youngest son. Um, you know, he's at that, he's a sophomore. He's at a tough age for me right now. I don't mind saying to people like yep. on someday I tell him, I told him this last night in the car and it had nothing to do with baseball. 
I said, you know, sometimes I think you're growing up and sometimes I think we're back to we're back in fifth grade. And you know what? Yeah. That that I don't know if I should have said that, but that's how I felt. And I think that's just life. I mean, I think sometimes we think, man, our kids are getting it and sometimes they do stuff and we get frustrated, but but that's how I feel right now with my son. So sometimes I feel like um he'd argue with me if I told him the sky was blue and it, and you looked up and it was the prettiest shade of blue you've ever seen, I, I could see him going, no, it's not. And, you know, just because it, that's how I feel sometimes. I know there have to be tons and tons and tons of parents that feel the same way as I do. Now, let's make that about baseball or whatever sport you're involved in. And it gets even more frustrating because, you know, it's, it's you know, we start thinking about why they're doing it. And, of course, the, the, the thoughts creep in of you got to do this and you got to have that and, I don't know. I, just for me, um, you know, we have to be the adult in this. You know, I, I say that all the yep. time. And as frustrated as I might get with my son, I got to remember that I'm the adult and he is still a 15-year-old kid that, you know, again, I, I, I say this jokingly. I was telling somebody the other day. I don't, I don't know what I expect from a guy that tells me three days from, before homecoming that he's going to go. So now we got to go get clothes and we got right. to right. – And I tell – I mean, I, you know, I, I told him last night, I'm like – Dude, I mean, did you just think we could just walk in here? I mean, the clothes are all picked through, and now you got to – you know, they don't think sometimes. And until, like anything in life, until you screw it up or make some mistakes or have to deal with a situation, how do you learn, right? So I'm trying to be – I'll tell you what's going on. Yeah, I'd love to hear what's it. going on. Is, 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 is he's turning, right? He's turning. He's turning from a man – I mean, from a boy into a man. So there's chemicals going on in his body. But it's just like anything. If we're getting, he's getting off the highway of being a boy. He's getting on to, he's going on to another highway of being a man. And it's a long exit ramp. And it speeds up and it slows down and it splits and it curves and it jug handles and it turns. So he can't accelerate. There's sometimes we get off the exit and we can see, okay, there's a long exit. We can accelerate and we can see some, and then it comes to a jug handle and we got to slow down and we don't know where we're going and we stop and we, and so he's, he's in a turn. And, and so, there's a part of the book that also got a great response. We've done videos on it called the 23 funnel. So for every parent, the most important number for us should be 23. Nothing to do with Michael Jordan, but it's at, at 23, give or take a year, our sons will take their first step out into the real world. And I want to know at the end of that funnel, the funnel is real wide when the kids are younger, right? And it gets smaller. And at the end of that funnel, um, we want to be able to, to, to produce a, a man that will go out into the real world. So I'll often ask parents who, who will say to me, how do I do that? I say, well, does your son ever play on a bad team? Would you keep him on a team where he sits the bench? Would you keep him on a team where he maybe plays the position he doesn't want to play? He's got to play left field or he's got to play first base or he's got to play third base. Would you keep him on a team where he's going to bat ninth? Um, would, you, would you have him try out for a team that maybe he's going to get cut from? Even if it's the basketball team and, and he's, you know, he's got my genetics, you know, he's not going to play basketball, but try, have him try out for the team, let him try and get cut. And a lot of times parents go, well, I don't want him to go through that. I say, okay, but what do you think is going to happen at age 23 when he gets out into the real world and he has to have a job where he has to work on a team where maybe he's not the star, or maybe he has to work with some people he doesn't like. Maybe he has to do a job that maybe is not the full expression of who he is, his unique ability, and he's got to do it because that's what we have to do. Well, how is he going to survive in there if we don't ever prepare him for those things? You know? And so right now, is teenagers and they're in a turn, and we we both know too. They have to make a they have to make sense of a lot of things in the world that we never even had to consider. 
you know? Wow. And, and so, it's, yeah, it's, a cha- it's tough. It's really, really hard. I've, um, used, I've used this as an analogy before, and people think this is harsh, and it is harsh. It is. And, you know, I've, I've had some people say, oh, that's a bit much. And I'm like, well, oh, it, it is, but it's reality. And I've said this before. I don't want the first major decision my kid has to make on his own whether or not to snort a line of cocaine that he finds at a, at a party. You know what I mean? I, I, he, they, they have to get in some tough situations and figure them out for themselves. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think all too often that kind of stuff does happen. The first real decision they make on their own are things, and I use this all the time, they're big boy things that come with big boy problems and big boy consequences. You know? Right. I mean, when they're young, why can't we let them mess some stuff up, fail a bunch, and let them pick themselves up? We don't have, like... Way too. The number one problem I see is parents protect their kids from things they don't need to protect them from when they're kids. We're not talking yeah. about a, a predator. We're talking about a baseball game. Okay, we're right. talking about a coach that feels your son deserves to bat ninth. We're not talking about a sexual predator. Okay, we're talking right. about a coach that decided that your kid shouldn't pitch this game. We're talking about a coach that decided your kid's not the best shortstop. Okay, these are the types of things that we don't need to protect our kids from. Okay, we need to be open-minded. We need to be open-eyed and honest with ourselves and our kids, and go through some of this. As you mentioned, baseball doesn't love you; it hates you. It will chew you up and spit you out. <laughs> you know, it's a it's the most unfair game I know. I've said it a thousand times over. It's the only game I know where that if you're good at it, you can work really hard at it and see no results. I mean, it, it's yeah. the truth. If you're a really good golfer and you go out and work really hard, you get a little better. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Football, soccer, every sport. You can go out and hit and hit and hit in baseball and go out and go over 30. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's just, it's yeah, a fact. It, it, I mean, it, it just is. Yeah. And, and, and I think I always say like, if you, if you play baseball for any length of time, it's like you get a little callous over your soul, you know? And, and a big problem we have that, that I see a lot of guys come to me with is um, they, their kid got cut from a team. And they're angry at the coach. When I talk to coaches, I, I try and give them an insight from all the subscribers that we have, hundreds of thousands of people every day that get our newsletter. And when you when their kid gets cut and they call you and they curse you out or they write an email to all the other parents or they, they, they slam you on social media, they're not mad at you, coach. They're confused. Here's why they're confused. You cut their kid and the last three people told them their kid was elite. When I talk to players, oh, I yeah. say to them, I say to them, two things you should never believe. You're elite and you're not elite. Because we get told, a lot of kids are told they're elite because they're genetically advanced. And a lot of kids get told they're not elite because if you don't have it figured out by nine years old, it's just not going to happen for you, kid. You know? And so we have, this, we have this world where our frontline people in baseball are making decisions about players and and, and, and a lot of times there's a lot of money surrounding that. And then, they, then that, that dad takes it to a coach. I have an elite kid here. And then his high school coach says, no, you're not elite. I'm sorry. You were, you were lied to. Um, and so they're not mad at you. They're confused. They, and a confusion is not a good thing for a man. Well, I, let me tell you, Paul, this is great stuff. I encourage all of our listeners to, to, to check the book out. I, listen, I, you know, if you're, if, if, if you're sitting out there and you're like, you know what, I'm not a reader. I don't do this. Okay, that's fine. I'm still going to encourage you to give it a chance because I'm telling you it's an easy read, 
and it's not your typical book. There's a lot of breaks in there, and, and like it, it tells, like it gives you tips and things like that. So it's, it's not your traditional book in that sense. So I'm telling you, if you're at all involved in this game of baseball, softball, soccer, it doesn't matter. It applies. Just, just change some of the wording. Just whenever you see something to do with baseball, change it to soccer. Change it to football. Do, do this if you're not a book guy and you're like and you're at me like I'm sorry Jim. Go to paulreddickbaseball.com. And just learn a little bit about Paul and what he's doing. And I think, well, let me give I think you're getting intrigued. Okay. Me, well, I just wanted people to get yeah. comfortable with you. First off, I'll let you yeah, tell a little yeah. bit about the book. But trust me, folks, go to paulreddickbaseball.com and get comfortable with who Paul Reddick is and what he's doing. This is important to him. Training kids, helping kids become better baseball players, doing it the right way, becoming the best player they can possibly. This is all part of who, who Paul Reddick is. The reason I like Paul Reddick is because that's who he is. Because I love that stuff too, but he's also realistic enough to know that we have some problems within the game, and he knows he's an influencer, so he's going to try to fix them. That's why I appreciate you and what you're doing. So I just wanted people to learn a little bit about Paul Reddick, so that's why I want you to go to paulreddickbaseball.com. Now let's let Paul tell you where you can follow him, where you can get a direct link for the book, and all that good stuff. Go go ahead, Paul. Well, I appreciate that. For, I, I really appreciate it, and I appreciate everything you do and our friendship. Thank you. Um, so, so they can get a free copy of the book, 567-DAD. Dot com. Um, all they have to do is pitch in for shipping and handling. It's like, I think it's gonna be like six bucks, but the book is absolutely free. We're giving away 8,888 copies in honor of my old boss, Yogi Berra. And um, uh, it, it, when you, when you hit on the book about, this is not a book you have to read. You can put this one next to the uh, next to your throne and pick it up. And I, I specifically wrote it like that, that you could pick it up, read, you don't have to read the whole thing to get it. You can read it in bits and pieces because I know it's predominantly going to be guys reading it. Um, so they go to five, six, seven, dad.com and they can pick up, um, get a, get a free copy of the book. And, um, it comes out October 11th and, um, that's it. I'm just, I'm just again, grateful for your time, Jim. You, you've always been really generous to me and I appreciate that. No, you know, um, we're going to promote that website for you because I, you know, how many how many free books you giving away? Eight thousand eight hundred eighty-eight. In honor of your man, I love that. Okay, my so, man, the best. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> he was a good one. Uh, obviously, here in St. Louis, he's revered as well. I mean, you know, he's he's from the oh, area. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So, um, okay, so we're going to put something together and help you promote that, Paul. Because again, I think it's, it, in my opinion, if you're, I, I, here's the thing that's neat about it. If you're new to this, if you're that, if you know, if you're that parent and your kid's seven or eight, and now all of a sudden he's playing on a select baseball team, and you're like, "What am I getting into?" This book is for you. If you're 12 years old and your kid's the best player in the area, this book's for you. If you're 12 years old and every year your kid leads the team in strikeouts and he can't get off the bench, this book's for you. If you're in high school and your kid's struggling with recruiting, this book's for you. If you're in high school and your kid's getting recruited all over the country, this book is for you. Again, if you're involved in another sport and you are involved at all with your kid, this book is for you. So we're going to help you promote that. And, again, um, I know you as well as, as we appreciate feedback, communication. You brought it up. There were things that were done wrong with this initial gentleman's kid, but at the end of the day, a lot of communication could have fixed it. We don't get anywhere without communication, and that's why I appreciate guys like you taking time, Paul, to come on the show. Uh, I don't know what to say, Jim. Thank you. <laughs> well, I <laughs> Thank mean, you very much. Well, really, I mean, it's it, you're right. There is nothing to say because if we communicated more, we wouldn't have these problems. I mean, it's it's the truth. I mean, yeah. I, what do you say to that? Because again, if if at any time when we say stuff like that or whatever, and you sit there and go, you know, not me, we don't have that, then then you better take a harder look because you're either extremely lucky and blessed, 
or you might be ignoring a minor problem that could turn into a bigger one. And that's kind of where I'll leave it at that. <laughs> so, yeah. hey, great stuff. I appreciate it. You know you're always welcome here. So, you know, all you got to do is send me a note and say, hey, Jimbo, I got something for your listeners, and, and I'm always going to welcome you on. And, again, we're going to promote the heck out of this book for you and, and wish you nothing but continued success with your help uh, within the game of baseball, my friend. Thank you so much, Jim. I, I appreciate it. Thank you. No problem. That is Paul Reddick. And again, I, I would encourage everybody out there. I, I, you know, obviously the focus of the conversation was the book and, and the book is fantastic. And I, but, but I'm going to tell you, if you're involved in this, it, you're going to find yourself looking for answers all the time. And the book's a great resource. But I tell you what, guys like Paul, they're out there every day. They don't like come out for a week or two and then hide. He's involved in Twitter, social media, but really paulreddickbaseball.com is a great website. A lot of resources there, okay? A lot of uh, who he is as, as, as a person and what he does. But the truth of the matter is, I'm telling you, the guy's a phenomenal instructor. He's figured out a lot of things to help kids, and he cares, okay? Yeah, I mean, I, again, I'm not going to lie. I mean, it does no sense. Is everything free? No, not everything's free. But this guy sure does share an awful lot of information, okay? And at the end of the day, some of the stuff costs a little bit of money, but hey, that, you know, you, you don't go to work for free. I don't go to work for free. But, man, he sure does share an awful lot of information. So if you're looking for anything to get you on the right path, I can tell you that I'm so blessed to have, as you'll hear from later, you'll hear from Rick Strickland. You're going to hear from Justin Stone at Elite. I've had guy. I've had Troy Silvon. I've had Matt Lyle, Kevin Wilson, some of the best baseball people in the country. Paul is there with all of them. And I'm telling you, if you're interested in this and you want to do good, do your best because you're not going to be perfect. But if you want to do your best to avoid some of the pitfalls, you could do yourself a big favor and check out Paul Reddick. Ba- Paul, I'm sorry, paulreddickbaseball.com. That's P-A-U-L-R-E-D-D-I-C-K-B-A-S-E-B-A-L-L.com. And, again, thanks to Paul for coming on. I want to get him back on is, uh, you know, what we missed with him today was, uh, you know, we give a rope trainer to every guest, and we ask them to come back on later, do some stuff with it. I happen to know off the record that Paul has messed around with the rope trainer a little bit. So what I'm probably going to do is get him back on. Maybe in about a month, we'll let the about a month after the book comes out. Maybe what I'll do in November, have him come on, see how the book's doing, see what some of the some of the people are coming back with. Maybe get a rope trainer and maybe one of his favorite students' hands and, and get some feedback there as well. So I do appreciate Paul coming on today. He was a phenomenal guest. As, as each week, we are so, so lucky to have these wonderful influencers in the game of baseball. One of the guys that I can't say enough about, I love the guy. I love his passion. I love what he does. He's in it for the right reasons. Um, you know, people that are involved with this guy are lucky to have him around, and that's the wonderful Kurt McNabb with Dirtbag Baseball Nation. He brings you the rope report each and every week as brought to you by the Rope Trainer. Check it out, theropetrainer.com. As John Smoltz says, everyone should have one from big leaguers to little leaguers. Let's go to Kurt McNabb now and see what he's got for us this week on his rope report. Take it away, Kurt. Well, well, dirtbags. I really have to give you a lot of credit, and you keep impressing me more and more each week. You'll remember that last week on the rope report, I gave all of you a list of questions to answer by emailing me or calling me directly to go over them. You definitely got down and dirty with some great answers, but also with some great questions of your own for me to answer. If you missed last week's episode, I encourage you to go back and give it a listen because you won't be disappointed and you can always send me your answers to info at dirtbagbaseballnation.com. That's info at dirtbagbaseballnation.com or even call me directly at 226-821-2402 to discuss them. 
There's definitely two main reoccurring questions in regards to inquiries about the rope trainer that I receive weekly from all you dirtbags. Question one is, I've watched the videos, but I don't understand what it's supposed to do or work on. Well, the rope trainer coaches you. Plain and simple, it coaches you. As I've mentioned numerous times, you will not need a coach or a dad telling you if you did it right. You'll feel it and you'll know that you did it right. The problem is that you're so programmed to be constantly told what you did right or wrong that you've never learned how to do it for yourself. So, I've included a photo of the information card that comes with every single rope trainer that tells you how many ropes you should attach to the ball based on your age, how many times per week you should use it, how many repetitions per workout you should do, how many maximum per week you should be throwing, and on the other side of the card, it provides you with the proper throwing instructions and warnings. Look at it and see for yourself. You can use it anywhere, and I've told you this before. It becomes your throwing buddy. You can use it at the field, in your room, heck, in your backyard, your garage, a gym. That's right. It's the perfect training tool for indoor pitching or throwing where space is limited. It doesn't matter anymore with the rope trainer. You don't have balls that are flying all over the place in a restricted area. You all know I use it as a pitching station for my pitchers because they can't do it on their own. Or because they can do it on their own, sorry. They become responsible for themselves, which they love, because I don't have to be telling them what to do all the time. So it's a very empowering tool as well. This is also important for me because now my other coaches can work with the other players and I don't have to have them locked up supervising the pitchers. You now have all these opportunities with the rope, plus the fact that it's actually cheaper than a single private pitching lesson. That's right, it's actually cheaper than a single private pitching lesson and has the potential to teach you so much more. Question two is, my kid doesn't really like using it. Okay, I get it. That's easy. You want to make your kids happy. But like I said on here at Dirtbag Baseball Nation, we're not always here to make them happy. We're here to tell you the truth. So, A, let's think about this. They're the only player on a team that has one, so they feel uncomfortable using it in front of their teammates, and they start making up this excuse. B, sometimes the rope or ropes will hit them in the back of the head during the throwing motion, which obviously doesn't happen when you're just throwing a ball by itself. Trust me. You'll get used to it, and it doesn't actually hurt, so don't use it as an excuse. C, they want instant results like everything else in life. You've heard it from me before. If you want instant results, then I'm the wrong guy to be talking to. This is a journey that takes work, commitment, pride, and downright dirtbag mentality. If they don't have it, then it doesn't matter what training aid they use or who's working with them. Because they're just going to continue to make excuses. What do we say at Dirtbag Baseball Nation? We say, let's get dirty. And that's all day, every day. So thank you for continuing to email or call us about all things throwing, pitching, and rope trainer related. It's the only way we can help you become the dirtbag player, coach, or parent you want to be. 
Together, we will continue to create this amazing movement called Dirtbag Baseball Nation. Until next week, I want you to, one, get your questions into us. Two, if you have the rope trainer already, I need you to send us a video or photo of you using it so we can post it on our social, social media pages. Three, if you want to get your own rope trainer, then I need you to go to www.dirtbagbaseballnation.com and then you scroll down to the rope trainer, click on it. It'll take you right where you need to be. Make sure you enter Dirtbag5 at checkout so that we know you heard about it here on the rope report. Number four, if you haven't already, I'm asking you to please go to at Dirtbag Baseball Nation on Facebook and Instagram and like and follow us to keep up to date with what else we have going on. All right, Jim, I'm Kirk McNabb, and that's all the time I have for this week's episode of The Rope Report. So everybody, cheer hard, play hard, coach hard, and let's get dirty. Always good stuff from Kirk, as again, we cannot thank the ropetrainer.com, all the gang over there, Earl Perrin, Chris Vernon, of course, the great John Smoltz for continued support of our show, and really just their desire to help out all the young kids and and older kids that are involved in the game, and anybody still trying to hang on to the game, you're going to start seeing these things in Major League bullpens, folks, I promise you. It's a wonderful thing that John Smoltz is behind, and he's got a lot of people going, hey, wait a minute, this thing really does help. So, hey, great stuff as always from Kurt McNabb and the gang at Dirtbag Baseball Nation, and, of course, the friends at The Rope Report. All right, let's take it on over now to a constant member of the show. He's been with me almost since day one. It was pretty darn close and really was one of the driving figures in, in growing the show. When you can get affiliated with a guy like this, you don't uh, you don't say no, you don't turn your back, you actually you absolutely run towards the uh, towards the fire when it's him. And having Justin Stone become a part of youth baseball from almost like I said day one was one of the smartest decisions I ever made. Gave me a lot of credibility and also turned us on to a lot of great baseball people out there that have found Justin over the years. And again, not just in Chicago where he's from. This guy has helped the kids all over the world, especially here in this great country of ours. So right now, let's go to Justin Stone with his EliteBaseball.tv training tip of the week and hear from him. Take it away, bud. Thanks, Jim. Justin Stone here with EliteBaseball.tv. Today we're coming to you from our home office, and I just returned from Cubs Instructional League. And I think it's important for our listeners and viewers to hear some of my takeaways from that as I watched in instructional league, a lot of the younger prospects in the organization, in some cases 17-year-old kids from the Dominican, to some double-A players playing in the Arizona Fall League that will most likely get a chance at the big leagues one day, 25, 26 years old. And my takeaway from it is watching these players over the course of the week battle mechanical inefficiencies, battle the stress and duress of facing very high-level pitching and what that does to the body in the batter's box, and the mental side of dealing with failure and understanding that hitting is really hard. And that doesn't change when we're dealing with a 9 to 11 year old player in the cage that the instant gratification and instant satisfaction they want to get is just completely unrealistic. So how as a parent can you help through the process of hitting? So you just heard me say that the process of hitting and learning how to hit still continues when you're 25, 26 years old. Hopefully this time you're getting a chance to play the highest level of baseball. If you're playing at 25 or 26, you probably have ideas that you're going to get a shot at the big leagues one day. And although at 9 to 11 years old, that's not what we're striving for with all of our players right now, but we know the mental side of the game can really beat us up. And during the process of, of learning how to hit, when we get concerned so much about the outcomes, that's when it really stresses us out 
because we're going back to looking for immediate satisfaction of something that takes years to perfect, if you ever perfect. I go back and I say this a lot to our young hitters. There's about five guys in the big leagues that I consider having perfect swings. And even those guys have to manage their swing flaws on a day-to-day -day basis. The maturity that comes with that is knowing your sticking point and how to manage that in your own repertoire of drills. So you need to figure out as a young hitter, trying to earlier you can figure out what style is going to fit you, what your athleticism will allow you to do, and that's going to be different from individual to individual. To think that an 11-year-old is going to be able to lift his knee like Josh Donaldson and have dynamic balance enough to control that move out to foot down and be consistent with it is probably asking too much. So you have to tailor a style that's going to fit in with what the player's athletic assets are going to give you. When I watch this at the, at the pro level, I see those guys struggle with the exact same thing I struggle with players initially in the cage when they come to me. The first lesson or two, I really work on hitting position and tempo. Because without the feeling of the body working and harnessing energy over a long period of time in a slow, controlled way, it's very difficult ever to have a repeatable swing or mechanical efficiency. So when we were watching 17, 19-year-old players, rookie ball type players in pro ball, they were struggling with the exact same things. And it happens for a lot of different reasons. The guy in front of me in the cage hit three home runs. So I want to come in and I want to match him. I want to do it just as well. So I end up muscling up and firing from the top and now I become very inefficient. I'm working harder, but I'm producing less result. And that's what young kids do too. Under stress, they want to try harder, they want to work harder, because that's what sports has told us to do. You know, we're not doing it as well, and somebody, you know, revs their engine a little bit, tries to give them a fiery pep talk, and they get in there, and they dig in, and they grit their teeth, and they want to try harder, and it gets worse. And then you start to see crocodile tears coming down the eyes, because they're trying, but they're failing worse. Sometimes, as a young hitter, and what these pro guys were learning, that you have to turn the volume down in order to get better results. They get louder results. And so when they started to slow down and control tempo more, the results got better. So stress and duress under fire, the 90 mile an hour fastball in this case, is no different for a pro hitter when they're trying to figure out how to move their body efficiently and be on time to that pitch. It's no different than the 10 year old facing faster pitcher for the first time. When the gun goes off, how's the body going to react? Are they going to do the same mechanical swing that they did in the cage? Probably not initially. So I think it's important to realize that even though you're working in a teaching learning environment, that the same success in a game isn't always going to show up the way it was going to happen in the cage. And it goes back to what are our true outcomes, under, or future outcome. And it's understanding that it is a process. It's a process that's going to take longer than six lessons at the 10-year-old level that you're doing to prep for your, your off-season or your preseason practices. It's going to take 16 years. That's how long it's going to take to perfect this if you ever get an opportunity to perfect it. So let's keep some short-term goals here. What are the short-term goals for a young hitter? Number one, figure out a style that works for you based on what your athletic assets are. Not everybody is going to have the same musculature and physical athleticism that they bring to the table. So some hitters are going to be able to do a bigger move, some hitters aren't, and you need to figure out how that body can control dynamic balance out to foot down based on how athletic you are. Next, controlling tempo, an absolute. And that was the biggest predecessor that I saw for guys that were having a lot of success over the course of the week 
it, with the Cubs versus guys that struggled. It, it was when they struggled, tempo got faster. Number three, find a drill set that works specifically for you. Taking swings and doing drills with no purpose is exercise. It's not actually getting you better. Figure out what your sticking points are and find a drill set that will continue to work for you. And that's how you manage swing flaws and get better throughout. You talk about young hitters and sometimes learning at the big league level. That's what happened to Kyle Schwarber this year. When you look at video from him last year versus this year, at the times where he was struggling, he was going back to some very basic hitting cues that I would do in day one with a young lesson. Posting up my back leg, knee inside ankle. Making sure I'm not overloading to the backside. When I do that, my hips are going to fire late, my upper body is going to fire early, and I'm committing to baseballs too soon. See, it doesn't change if you're a big leaguer. It's the same thing we're trying to get across to younger players. But respect the process. And sometimes the process is going to take longer than you wish to get immediate satisfaction. But if you keep it in, in check with what you're trying to do for your long-term goals, you're going to find out that over time you're going to look back and realize you're getting a lot better. We have an interesting program that we can highlight for you today. It's brand new at EliteBaseball.tv. And we'll link it to our website where you can see it for yourself. A chance to work one-on-one -on -one with me digitally. The same thing I do with all of my pro players and the high-end college guys that work with me. It's something that we do more digitally than we do in person. And you can do that same type of training and check it out. Working your video analysis with me and getting drills prescribed just for you based on your own immediate needs and really your own hitting program detailed by me. Check it out at EliteBaseball.tv. And until next week, we'll see you on the field. Great stuff as always. And again, I don't know if I can ever, you know, stress enough. All this kind of stuff, like with Justin, just type in EliteBaseball.tv and check it out. Make your own decisions. I promise you it will pique your interest and you won't be sorry. EliteBaseball.tv. Same thing with the rope trainer. Just type in, you know, theropetrainer.com. Check it out for yourself. These are things that are there to help you. Next guy, same way. You want to learn more? Type in Rick Strickland Baseball. You want to learn about hitting? You want to learn about how the body moves, about how the body really should work for baseball versus some of the old school type things we're doing? Check out Rick Strickland. It's time now for our Ask Rick segment as brought to you by the St. Louis Pirates Baseball Club and, of course, all the great people over at Blast Motion. Take it away, Rick. Hey, Jim. Thanks again for having me on the show again this week. And I know we have uh, a lot of questions this week with the Home Run Derby being uh, a fantastic event that we just saw this past Tuesday night. And, of course, one of the questions we get this week is, uh, basic, basically, should my 8-year-old kid be concerned with launch angles? And uh, I get that question a lot, uh, not necessarily on the 8-year-old, but just general players. Uh, worrying about launch angles and things, things that way. Usually, as baseball presents itself, when there is an important find and we do some research on what's actually happening in the game, uh, whether it be velocity or whether it be launch angles or whether it be bat speed or whatever it is like that, we tend to kind of take it take that to the extreme. But when you go back and you do research at some of the game's great players, they have a lot of things that they do well, uh, and it's not just one particular type of thing that we see. Uh, for about a year or so, I focused a lot on launch angles and things of that nature. Luckily for me, I really kind of stayed on the focus of trying to create launch angles by moving efficiently. With all that said, said and done, when we talk about today's youth player, one of the things I'd like to see the focus be more on with the youth players, not necessarily the skill development, 
but on the athletic development side. We spent a lot of time on trying to create great baseball players on the skill, hitting them a ton of ground balls, uh, swinging the bat a lot, giving a, a great feel as to how that skill is actually presented. But so little attention is being placed on on the athletic side. And what I found out through the athletic uh, studying of athletes is that the guys who are more proficient, uh, more likely to move efficiently, are going to be the guys who and are on time with their swing. Are going to be the guys that produce the greatest amount of launch angles uh, with that. I think we have a lot of guys that go into the batter's box nowadays and try to swing up and go from there. But as it pertains to a little uh, youth player. The most important thing that they should be focusing on right now is making contact, putting the, the fat part of the bat on the, the middle of the ball as much as they possibly can. And that's what's going to give them ultimately some success in this ball game uh, is being able to do those types of things, not focusing on trying to create launch angles. I'll also tell you that launch angles will be important if you can hit the ball 90 miles an hour uh, from that perspective. If guys hitting the ball 60 miles an hour off the bat with launch angles, what we're looking at probably is a kid that's going to have a lot of weak fly balls and pop-ups. So hit the ball as hard on line as you can. As you get older and you get stronger, you'll become more proficient at being able to uh, uh, create launch angles and drive the ball over the outfielder's head. Thanks again, Jim, for having me on the show this week. Look forward to the questions next week. Great stuff as always, Rick. Again, I thank you for your continued support and everything that you've done for my sons uh, within the game of baseball and myself. I mean, you've taught me a lot about the game and, and, and the, the real inner workings of the game. Sometimes it's not stuff you're all excited about, but the reality of it is there's a world of baseball going on uh, outside the lines, and, and you're as good as anybody in helping these kids achieve their ultimate goals, which, again, they're different for everybody, but that's why I, I love the guy. Depending on what your goals are, what they should be, he finds a way to help. So we need more people like these guys out there. And here's the thing. Trust me when I say this. They're out there. There's a lot of great people involved in this game. Just open your eyes and, and do your research and, 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 and help yourself. And when you find them, don't be afraid to tell people. There's way too much negativity in the world. Let's get more positive about this thing. Special thanks again to Paul Reddick. And, again, I can't stress enough, check out paulreddickbaseball.com and just learn a bit about the man and what he's doing. Love his stuff. There's not one aspect of what he's doing that I'm not sitting there completely impressed by what Paul Reddick's doing. Again, I can't tell you enough about him. Uh, I've said there's multiple people that have influenced the show. Mike Matheny's uh, letter that he wrote to his parents really was the one thing that changed me. Then I started checking into Cal Ripken and his thoughts on the game of baseball. And since that time through the show, I've met so many wonderful people. Paul Reddick's right up there with him. Again, if I could pick a guy to come on here every week and just talk about what's going on within the game of baseball, especially when it involves our kids and parents and youth coaches. It would be Paul Reddick. He's really got this thing. He doesn't have it figured out 100%. None of us do. What's Darren Hendrickson say when he comes on the show? If anybody ever tells you they've got it figured out 100%, turn around and run because we don't. All we can do is do the best, try to have some real honesty with ourselves, put things in perspective, and go out and do the best that we can. PaulReddickBaseball.com, folks. Check it out. You're going to love his book, by the way. And I love the fact that they're giving away 8,888 copies. 567Dad.com. Get your copy today. Would love to hear from you guys that, that get the book, read it, tell us all about it. I would be grateful for it for sure, and I know Paul Reddick would appreciate it as well. That's going to do it for us here. Again, don't forget us, YouthBaseballTalk.com. Hit us up on Twitter, at Podcast Baseball. Facebook page, Youth Baseball Talk. Hit us up on Instagram as well, Youth Baseball Talk. For Brian Crock and all the gang here at lineupmedia.fm, we will see you next week.
Tune in next week for another edition of Youth Baseball Talk. Subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to the show. Find us online at youthbaseballtalk.com, facebook.com slash youthbaseballtalk, or on Twitter at podcastbaseball. Plus, check out all of our podcasts at lineupmedia.fm. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.